The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us again for another week here on Winning Ponies Radio. I'm John Engelhart. It's great to have you with us doing the show uh, in the shadow of Steve Cawthon's birthplace, Walton, Kentucky. You actually come off the Verona exit, take a left, and you're on Steve Cawthon Highway, believe it or not. Uh, so uh, just uh, hanging out with some friends uh, here on the farm and uh, getting a chance to, to, to talk to you from uh, their studio. JoLynn Johnston, who uh, lives here, has a professional studio where she does voiceovers. So I got lucky. All right. Got lucky with our guest, too. Another first-time starter and another Winning Ponies veteran. First-time starter is Harlan Balter. This guy, he's the man with the plan. Uh, perhaps you've uh, heard his name. He is the managing partner of Iron Horse Racing Stable. And uh, they've been racing uh, thoroughbreds uh, throughout the country since uh, 2007, campaigning a range of horses from multiple stakes winners to unraced two-year-olds to claimers. Uh, Iron Horse really prides itself on the efficiency managing their horses, not only to allow its partners to enjoy the thrill of horse racing, but also to have the goal of a self-sustaining business. So uh, I got a chance to uh, see Harlan speak at the new owner seminar put on by Toba at Indiana Grand several weeks ago. I was really impressed with his delivery and with his plan. So if you ever thought about owning racehorses, you're going to want to listen to Harlan because he, he entertains the fact that different people want to get into the game on different levels, and you have to have the right personality uh, to, uh, let's say, take a two-year-old and a risk and a wait. Or if you want to jump right in and get a claimer and start your action, you can do that. So uh, we're going to be talking to him about putting together partnerships and Iron Horse Stable itself and the success that they've had. Our second guest is Eric Wing, uh, currently the communications director for HorseTourneys.com. Actually, I think Harlan's been in some of his tourneys. And, uh, of course, he's familiar with uh, the East Coast scene. So uh, we're going to call on him uh, not only to uh, talk about uh, the Jim Dandy and the Alfred Vanderbilt at uh, Saratoga, uh, but, of course, we want to talk about the Haskell Invitational down there at Monmouth Park. What a field they have drawn together. So uh, we'll be talking with Eric about those races and uh, hopefully doing some success, successful handicapping. All right, let's take a look at uh, some of the, uh, the news of the week. Of course, there's going to be a lot of good racing coast to coast and overseas actually so for that matter you want to go to winningponies.com and pull down our easy win forms once again we've had uh, winners at uh, big tracks and little tracks alike how about sacramento uh on the 23rd a one dollar super that paid five thousand three hundred thirty three dollars of course we'll be at monmouth park this week earlier in the week we had a 50 cent pick five that paid four thousand $532. And if you want to go to Florida in the summer, you can go to Gulfstream Park, 
$635 for a $1 super high five. Those are the easy win forms at winningponies.com. And it's uh, going to be a challenge uh, this week. So you, you want to get the sheets. Um, a lot of action at Canterbury, uh, the Minnesota Derby, the Minnesota Oaks, uh, Minnesota sales graduates. Uh, and then uh, we're going to go out west with Eric and take a look at the Bing Crosby. Uh, wow, what a sprint this is. It's a grade one, and it drew together a large field. Good to see it, Delmar. Uh, there's going to be 11 of them going to post, and each one of them uh, has legitimate credentials. And, of course, again, I mentioned Saratoga, uh, the, the Jim Dandy, and the Alfred Vanderbilt. These are all races you're going to want to uh, take a look at and uh, perhaps wager on the speed of a steed. Now, the uh, Haskell, you might want to recall, at Monmouth Park is going to be on Sunday, but they've got one heck of a card. They got the Grade 3 Molly Pitcher, uh, the Grade 3 Monmouth Cup, and the Grade 2 Turf Monmouth Stakes, and the Windstar Matchmaker Stakes. That's a Grade 3 on the turf, in addition to the Betfair Haskell Invitational. Okay, let's uh, take a look, folks. The One of the biggest Stunning upsets we've had in quite a while. Accelerate, upset, arrogate. Arrogate did not hit the board in the San Diego handicap that looked like it was going to be a walkover for him, but accelerate pretty much accelerated from the beginning. And it looked like Mike Smith had arrogate rate we wanted to. He kind of settled into fourth and then going into the final turn. Looked like he picked it up a little bit. And that's all he did was pick it up a little bit. And uh, he uh, he just blew away the field. Accelerate did uh, one by eight and a half lengths. Now, Arrogate's been checked from top to bottom. You know, that was everybody's worry initially. He's like, uh-oh, did something happen? And uh, according to Baffert, uh, no, nothing did. And uh, he's going to go on uh, as planned to the Pacific Classic. I do believe it is. Uh, uh, Donworth finished second. And uh, it was an Arrogate stablemate, Cat Burglar, who ran third. So uh, uh, Victor Espinoza was up for the win on Accelerate. Just kind of a head scratcher, you know. Sometimes it, it happens, you know. Uh, a great horse uh, stubs its toe. But, uh, I mean, I can't imagine the bridge jumpers. I didn't see the show pool, but the people that probably made large show bets on Arrogate, it had to be huge. But again, Baffert's still aiming for the Pacific Classic. Uh, he uh, d- didn't have any excuses uh, or revelations of the, of the performance, uh, but he says he's fine. Um, he just didn't put out that much. We checked him over physically. He looks good. Got a lot of dirt in his eyes and mouth, uh, but uh, the, obviously the race did not go as planned. But he's going to go back because if the Breeders' Cup Classic is his end goal, which we know it certainly is, uh, the Pacific Classic fits in very well in that plan. So that was the the big upset. Of course, uh, we'll go over uh, our uh, our races and race results uh, from Saratoga and other places in a minute here. Um, sad to say, a uh, city zip. I don't know if you remember him at the races, but he turned out to be a nice stallion, uh, grade one winner, really prominent sire. Um, He was uh, euthanized at the age of 19 earlier this week. He stood at Lanes and Farm. You may recall he had a brilliant juvenile uh, season. That was back in 2000. He scored his first three black type victories in the 
grade three Tremont Stakes and followed that with a clean sweep of the Saratoga two-year-old stake series. How hard is that? Uh, he, he took the, 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 the Sanford, the Saratoga Special, and the hopeful, that's pretty awesome. But uh, City Zip will be missed. Uh, he's produced uh, three Eclipse Award winners. His first two came uh, with uh, Grass Champion Mayor uh, Day at the Spa. He also had a sprint winner uh, work all week. And uh, Finest City upset the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Philly and Mayor Sprint. So uh, he will be missed, and uh, he will be put to rest at Lane's End. Jackie David Flores is going to hang up his tack. He's won three Breeders' Cup races. He's 49 years old now, started riding back in 84 at Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, then he moved up to Del Mar and uh, always competed with the best at Del Mar. Is uh, going out with his uh, uh, final race there at Del Mar. And so uh, it lo- looks like he's going to try to segue into uh, uh, pin hooking or... Uh, training he's been uh, shadowing uh, some trainers so we will find out now i hope that you got to watch the coaching club america oaks at saratoga abel tasman continues to prove that that kentucky oaks was no fluke even though she wasn't even near the favorite but uh what what a move she put in in the coaching club american oaks it's a mile and an eighth and all of a sudden she she dug down on the outside of a late, and those two, through the final almost two furlongs, were stride for stride. Now, you know, in the old days, they called it race riding. Uh, Mikey Smith put a late in a little bit tight. He says there wasn't any contact. But uh, when, when I watch the, uh, the replay, it, it looks to me like maybe there is a, a little bit of, of a brushing. Uh, but he just said it was good old-fashioned race riding, riding rather, and uh, he said he didn't touch elate. But uh, there's been a lot of chatter on the Internet about, about the race. And uh, so uh, either way, great job by Bill Mott and the connections of elate. Just missed, of course, Abel Talisman is really tagged herself as the uh, top three-year-old filly right now as her fourth grade one win uh you know just uh, just just amazing so uh let's take a look at the races we, we covered last week uh starting with the grade one diana i hope you got to see this one lady eli how sensational is she she has never been worse than second. And in those defeats, none of them were by even a length. Uh, she lost by a, a head, a nose, and three quarters. What a sensational career Lady Eli has. Her connections, I read Ortiz um, was, was the rider, Chad Brown trains. It was uh, three wins on the card for Chad Brown, four wins on the card for I read Ortiz. Now, if you've watched the start of the race, Antone who was breaking just to the inside of Lady Eli, broke through the gate, and the assistant rider kind of lost, uh, assistant starter lost uh, hold of him uh, just uh, briefly. And But she trotted down the track, and Javier Castellano got her pulled up back to the gate. But at the same time, Lady Eli broke through, and you always wonder about horses that are a little bit skittish at the gate, but unbelievable. Lady Eli, with about two furlongs left, begins to range up uh, just outside of Antone and Quadira, who was very, very game. Quadira 
fought back, but Lady Eli would not be denied, and it was a three-horse photo finish in the, the, the Diana. Just a fantastic performance. In the Sanford, it was Fearon's Fire dismissed at 12 to 1. I read Ortiz in the saddle. He was fourth early, but got up in this $150,000 grade three. And it was the he's the first winner now for his sire, Poiseidon's Warrior. I believe this is his first crop. So uh, the second was uh, Free Drop Billy. Third spot, Psycho Analyze. Then on Friday, we had uh, two races. Uh, the uh, Late George uh, was the mile and a 16th race on the grass. It was Proctor's Ledge, who just burst away from the pack at the eighth pole, got the job done first. Lay six for this Brennan Walsh trainee. Javier Castellano was in the saddle. Uh, second, it was Party Boat. And third, it was 55. And then also on Friday, it was the girl's turn to take the spotlight. And the girl taking the spotlight was Dream It Is, Luis Contreras in the saddle, uh, just uh, broke sharp, uh, took the lead into the stretch and blew him away. Uh, this two-year-old daughter of Shackelford is now undefeated with two stakes wins. Did look like she stayed on her same lead, though, all the way down the stretch when you go back and watch the replay. Might just be the way she runs like Elidar. In the uh, second spot was Best Performance, sent away at 4-1. to one. And the third spot was Stainless, who had a break from the outside. So that was a look at all the uh, top action from coast to coast. There's some really good races. We're going to be handicapping some really good races. But if you want to get into the game, the guy you want to listen to, he's going to be coming up with us uh, shortly here after our, our break. And uh, his name is Harlan Malter. And again, he is the managing partner of Iron Horse Racing Stable. He can get you in the game. All right, that's our first segment. Hold on for Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us. I told you at the top of the show that Harlan Malter was going to be with us. I gave you a little bit about his uh, background. Uh, one thing I didn't mention uh, was that uh, in addition to being the managing partner of Iron Horse Racing, he's a founding partner of uh, Sapush and Malter Financial Planning. They've got offices coast to coast, New York City and Orange County, California. So he kind of brings that uh, that business savvy uh, to the the whole art of putting together uh, partnerships. And as, as I told you earlier, he uh, I, I got to meet him at the uh, at Indiana Grand at the uh, seminar for new owners, and I was really impressed with his presentation. And uh, so, with no further ado, Harlan Malter, welcome to Winning Ponies. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's uh, great to be here. Hey, Harlan, uh, what I want to know a little bit about is uh, what was your introduction to uh, horse racing? Well, it's uh, funny to say that um, I grew up in uh, the Boston area, um, and unfortunately horse racing has uh, faded away there, but Suffolk was doing well. I saw Cigar a couple times, uh, some great uh, mass caps. Um, but really my introduction was uh, my father was a New Yorker his whole life, but always had traveled up to Saratoga kind of as a highlight in the summers, big sports fan. So we used to drive out Mass Turnpike all the way to Saratoga and, you know, probably every year from the time I was five years old till uh, I left for college, put down a blanket. And uh, that's really, I don't know how many of the listeners have gotten a chance to do Saratoga, but that's uh, kind of the ultimate uh, horse racing experience in my mind, uh, just sitting in the backside and uh, enjoying the races. Well, that was really my introduction to it. And uh, I'm old enough to have remembered uh, the Seattle Slough and the Alidar and Affirmed years, and that really got me hooked. Well, I pretty much went the same route you did. I used to run bets for my brother Bob, who was a white cap in the clubhouse up at Saratoga. And then, of course, all my family was racing fans. And we'd go up, we'd hang out in the paddock area. And I go back to the days when they actually walked the horses around the trees. Uh, I was young enough uh, yep. to see uh, Bill Shoemaker <laughs> win the Alabama on Gamely. Now, I was a very young child at that time, I want you to know. But, uh, you know, I was there to see uh, 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 Secretariat lose the Whitney. I've got a great picture of onion passing wow. him if you want one and uh was there wow. for the alley dollar firm debacle yeah I, I sat up down by the quarter pole yep. figure this will be where secretariat's making his move and instead i got a picture of onion but uh either way i, I can yeah, talk well, about and, <laughs> well i was and then just it just brings back I, I was sitting uh at the eighth pole uh at uh, del mar on saturday so uh oh. it was a similar experience uh watching uh watching that uh, play out uh watching arrogate unfortunately but so uh, it's horse racing. That's the beauty of it. Uh, and I'll, I'll continue on kind of how I, I went from that. So I've kind of come full circle. Uh, horse racing was real. I was a college baseball player, you know, big sports fan. Um, went to school in New York City, went to law school in New York City uh, prior to New York, figuring out a way to bankrupt a bookie uh, in, in OTB, which is uh, still always amazed me. Um, <laughs> I used to I used to go to the I, I'd sneak between economic classes at Columbia and uh, head down to the 79th Street OTB. 
um, and so met some really interesting horse people. And that really is where I ended up getting hooked and wanting to know down the road I need to, uh, to be part of that. So finished law school, um, started my financial planning firm and uh, kind of came full circle and realized uh, a lot of the things I learned being an athlete, um, you know, what you have to do to prepare, uh, what you have to be thinking six months down the road, uh, those things. Uh, and then the financial planning. Um, it's interesting. Horse racing is a game that I think a lot of people look at and say it's a passion, right? Uh, you know, when you see guys spending, you know, a million and a half for a horse that, you know, unfortunately, there's almost no economic model where you're going to make that. Uh, it's a passion sport. But for a lot of us little guys, uh, you, you hope to do it in a way that can pay the bills. And what I started to realize when I looked into it was the opportunities all across the country um, where if you do it the right way and you run in, in some of the right places, there's a lot of states that are really pushing uh, and helping out the industry. And uh, as owners, uh, we should try to gravitate to some of those places. I've had a lot of success in Indiana and Pennsylvania. Uh, we, we actually have a Florida bred. Uh, you were mentioning Saratoga. We have a Florida bred who we're going to hope to debut a two-year-old um, at Saratoga, but she will be on her way down to Florida, hopefully to run in some Florida races. So basically what we tried to do is go into the business and say, we need to manage this not just because people like to come to the horse track and, and, and feed the horse a carrot and watch the race, but we're hoping that at the end of the day, you can do all that plus pay the bills. And uh, that, you know, that takes very active management. Uh, I think that over time we've seen in uh, sports, both at the professional level, the uh, general managers, uh, salary caps, and then even in fantasy sports. Uh, even the average fan now spends a tremendous amount of time when they do that, you know, balancing salaries and picking things like this and that. Horse racing can be very, very similar. And uh, we really try to uh, bring partners in, uh, teach them why we're doing certain things, uh, why we are racing in Indiana, why we're racing in Pennsylvania, why it's much more valuable to buy uh, a sired horse. Uh, we claimed a Indiana sired horse in Maryland uh, and took that horse to Indiana and did very, very well. The horse placed, uh, uh, came in third in two straight stakes races that following summer. So a lot of opportunities have managed properly. Um, and I think it just, it, it, it's, it's the ultimate goal is to keep people in the business, not just get them in, and that happens a lot, but to keep them in. And I think one of the ways to do that is to really try to effectively manage the horses. Well, uh, Harlan Malter uh, from Iron Horse Racing Stable is our guest. And the one takeaway I had from your presentation at Indiana Grand was having a plan. And it's not just one plan. You kind of pointed out that there's some people that want to gravitate towards the game immediately and perhaps the claiming game's the way to go. And there's other people that have a temperament that they'd like to uh, get perhaps a little more well-bred horse of their own choosing and watch that horse develop. Obviously a little more risk than a horse that's already at the races. But either way, have a plan for whichever uh, item on the menu you select for getting into racing. Absolutely. And what we try to do uh, while we have uh, claimed horses, like I mentioned, we claimed that uh, Indiana uh, sired horse and we've done very, very well with that. Uh, we do try to bring people uh, into yearlings and two-year-olds. And the reason, that, the reason that makes sense in the partnership uh, situation is uh, buying a $7,500 claimer or a $10,000 claimer, uh, a lot of people could potentially do that on their own, one or two people. 
But if you bring into a partnership with four to six people or maybe even 10 people, uh, suddenly that opens the door for you to uh, maybe buy something of a little bit more quality, uh, have some higher aspirations for that horse. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a real divide uh, in the market right now between uh, $500,000 horses and uh, $20,000 horses at the sales. And we found that uh, in that space, there are some real uh, bargains. Um, our, one of our top horses, Bucero, um, who's made almost half a million dollars now, uh, we were lucky enough to purchase for 43000 at the uh, OBS sale. Uh, we partnered that horse out, and it's really been a tremendous success. Um, what really uh, helps uh, along the lines of what you're saying about having a plan is every horse we have, uh, we look to get it where it can win. Um, Bucaro was very lucky. We debuted that horse again in an Indiana Stakes as a two-year-old, and he's just gone up from there. Uh, one of our recent horses, we realized very early on, he just loves being a racehorse. He's a two-year-old, loves being a racehorse. He just happens to not be very fast. However, <laughs> there are places... Uh, in, and, and when I tell you he loves being a racehorse, he kicks and jumps and he is so excited to go racetrack. He's just not fast. And, and, and recognizing that um, and not spending four races at Churchill Downs running made in special weights to determine that is, a, is very, very important. We immediately placed him where he could win. Uh, and that horse is now a, let's say, a July three-year-old and he's made $90,000. He's a horse that really is not a fast horse but loves racing and all of the partners got thrills, uh, winning, uh, you know, winning a maiden 15 at, uh, at Penn national and, and winning a open 10,000 at parks. And, uh, we've had a lot of success doing that. And what we really try to do with the partners, uh, is, is let them know about that plan. That's what I do in my business. When a, when a client comes to me, they want to plan for their retirement. They want to plan for their children's college. They want to plan to buy a boat and they want to know a plan. I think too much in the horse game, you buy a horse, and then it's just kind of, let's just see what happens. And I think that's where some people get disenchanted with the game. I know I've, uh, I've talked to other people who've owned horses, and that's usually been it. I don't know what's going on my horse. I don't know what the next plan is. I don't know what the next step is. Uh, the example I used at that seminar, uh, uh, I think you have to be a city person to really understand this, but maybe other people can. Um, I spent a long time in New York City, and one of the worst things in my mind in New York was always sitting on a subway platform waiting for the next subway. Because you didn't know it could be delayed 30 minutes. Uh, and it's just, a, it's just an anxious feeling. Well, about 15 years ago, 10 years ago, they put up little digital signs that said, next train, two minutes. And I tell you, even if it said 15 minutes, I felt much better. We try to bring that to the partners, and I think that's really uh, an extremely important part. A race ends, we regroup, we see what happened, we speak to the trainer, and we have a plan what the next step is. And everybody knows where we are with the horse, where the horse stands. And I find that the partners really enjoy that. And I think it really enhances the, the experience. Um, the majority of horses that, that I've had the chance to own, I had to give it up when my kids decided to go to college. Um, I, I, I got it with a great trainer by the name of Jeff Greenhill. And what Jeff does is he goes to the yearling sales, he buys them. Uh, he posts them on his website specifically to other people that have been in partnerships with him and say, this is what I've got. And you are you can buy whatever percent you want, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. But Jeff always keeps half the horse and, of course, pays half the bills. And I always found that mm -hmm. to be a positive because I know that Jeff's got skin in the game to make sure that this horse is taken care yep. of. And it was reflected in your bills because you didn't, you know, you paid whatever percentage of, of the horse was and half the horse was, was Jeff's. Do you feel that that's a good way to go or to just have a management team? 
Well, it, it's, it's interesting you say that, and, and, and um, I don't know Jeff directly. However, uh, I'm on the Indiana circuit, the Kentucky circuit, and I've heard good things about Jeff. Um, Great guy. And, and I know there are many other trainers that operate partnerships that way. We are generally, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. We are reluctant to do that, only in the sense that we like to keep our partners' interests as the number one interest. Um, when the partners... When the partners own the horse exclusively, we make the decisions. If the, if, if the trainer needs to change, uh, if the horse needs to go from one track to a different track, because it's uh, when a trainer owns part of a horse, um, it makes it very difficult to say, hey, we don't want to run at Turfway. We want to run uh, at fairgrounds because that trainer doesn't train at fairgrounds. And so the horse is not going to be going there. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's nothing wrong. And trainers who do own a portion of it do a very good job for the horse. But my goal uh, and, and my responsibility, both in financial planning and in this, is sole responsibility to the partners or the people who interest me to manage their money. So what I like to be able to do is I like to have a relationship with a trainer in which the trainer understands the situation and the trainer understands that they are doing a specific job with that horse at that time. And I gather all that data in and then I make the best decision for the horse and for the, um, for the partners. So we actually go a little bit different direction. We, uh, uh, we as a management uh, team will always own a portion of the horse. So the partners can feel comfortable. We're not just selling horses. Uh, we're not just selling a car that drives off a lot. We always <laughs> keep a share uh, of the horse. So that to me, less the trainer, Knowing that the managing partner owns a share of the horse is really the more important thing because basically when a decision gets made on the horse, they know, well, that, that affects whatever percentage they own the horse also. All um, right. Well, so we're, that's we're talking generally with Harlan the Walter uh, of uh, Iron Horse Racing. Now, Harlan, my uh, producer's telling me I've got about a half a minute or so left. So listen. <laughs> One of my listeners wants to, he's impressed with what he just heard from you, and he wants to find out more, or he wants to talk to you about getting into the game. How does one go about doing that? The best thing to do, and basically what we do, and I'll make it very quick, is we try to gather people who are interested, put like-minded people together, and then go find your horse. That's what we feel is the best way. If they'd like to do that, we have a website they're free to go to, which is ihracing.com. Uh, we actually have a sign-up now that we're going to be giving away a free T-shirt and hat to people who have signed up uh, based on listening to Winning Ponies tonight. Uh, you can also email at info at ihracing.com, or if you want to do the somewhat old-fashioned way, you could call at 646-789-5162. But again, all that information is on the website at ihracing.com. All right, for the, you listeners that didn't have a pen in hand, I'm going to try to repeat that at the end of the show. Uh, Harlan Malter, you make such perfect sense. Uh, I love your background. I really enjoyed your presentation, and I wish you and everybody involved in Iron Horse nothing but the best. I really appreciate you having me on, Jeff. All right, that was Harlan Malter from Iron Horse Racing. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. One of my favorite guests, a real sharp guy from Horse Tourneys. We're going to do some handicapping of some outstanding races. We're going to fly with Eric Wing right after this break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right. Welcome back. Uh, That was a great conversation with Harlan Malter, and I'm about to have a great one with my friend Eric Wing. Of course, uh, Eric from uh, Horse Tourneys. Before we get into the uh, handicapping uh, portion, uh, what's going on with you and uh, your job these days? Anything coming up? Well, hey, John. Good to be with you again. And, uh, yeah, you know, we always have a lot of uh, big tournaments on the weekends at Horse Tourneys. This weekend's no exception. We've got a $15,000 game on Saturday, a $10,000 one on Sunday. But I really want to give a special shout-out to our sister site, horseplayers.com. And uh, a couple of really special games this weekend. One of them's tomorrow. A qualifier for the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, which, as you know, is a $10,000 buy-in event um, out at Del Mar, and that they also you can play it from satellite locations. But for the first time ever, Breeders' Cup on HorsePlayers.com is offering a $50 qualifier. So for 50 bucks, you can play online and and have an opportunity to win a $10,000 seat during Breeders' Cup weekend. And then fast-forwarding to Sunday, Haskell Day, there, in addition to a, another Breeders' Cup betting challenge qualifier at a little higher price point, um, there's also an absolutely free NHC qualifier. So now you have to be an NHC Tour member. That only costs 50 bucks, But if you are, it's a free tournament, and five NHC packages will be awarded. That, again, is Sunday at horseplayers.com, so you can conceivably qualify for the NHC and the BCBC for a total of 50 bucks if you play your cards right and, more importantly, pick your horses right. That's really nice. I like to hear that. That's fantastic. Well, last time you were on the show, uh, uh, you, uh, you, you 
had a really good day. I, I'm going to bet right now that you're going to have a hard time having a good day. I'm looking at the races we, we selected. You know, obviously uh, the Haskell uh, coming up on Sunday. I want to remind everybody. Uh, but then also the Jim Dandy, the Bing Crosby, the Alfred Vanderbilt might be one of the easier ones. But, I mean, the Bing Crosby and, and the Jim Dandy and the Betfair Haskell came up so tough. Uh, they, I mean, did, they did, we're, and it's funny, we're talking about <clears throat> two premier three-year-old races and two premier uh, sprint races, and, um, you know, I'm particularly intrigued by the two sprints in that uh, I, I think we got, uh, uh, for this time of year, John, and, and, and to be honest, you know, sprinters don't say st- stay sound all year long the way some of the distance horses do. These two sprints between the two of them, and perhaps particularly so the, the Bing Crosby at Del Mar, drew, drew really nice fields for, for July. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, this is very tough to, to figure which one we should start talking about. But uh, let's talk about the one we're not going to see until Sunday, uh, which has o- always uh, been a, a competitive and interesting race. I was uh, dying to watch the uh, PPs come out. And uh, that, of course, is the uh, Betfair Haskell Invitational. And uh, it just features a lot of horses that, you know, had trouble in the Kentucky Derby, but since have come back and proven that their running line in that race was a fluke. Uh, almost every one of them, uh, except for Gervin, who only missed by a nose to Irap, who put in a sensational performance in the Indiana Derby two weeks ago, um, has come back and won a graded stakes race. True. And, John, um from my sort of, you know, some would say cockeyed perspective of handicapping, I'm going to take the exact same information you just put forward and try to view it through a different prism. I'm going to say that, and not surprisingly, the Kentucky Derby is obviously a premier race, one of the best in the country during the year. And I'm going to approach this Haskell by saying, A, it's one of the weaker renewals of the Haskell in recent years. You don't have a winner of a triple crown race. You don't have a, a gigantic field. You don't have a Pletcher. You don't have a Baffert. More importantly, he seems to have had a hammerlock on this race in recent years. I'm going to take the, that derby form and take it quite literally when I analyze this race. And by that, you mean what, Mr. Eric Wing? By that, I mean, John, thanks for the, uh, the lead-in. I, I'm going to take a horse who, it, it's a seven-horse Haskell. I'm going to take a horse who beat five of these in the Kentucky Derby, came back after that race to run a bang-up win in a graded stakes, and yet is the fifth choice on the morning line. And that, if, I mean, people have probably figured out the clues by now. That's Battle of Midway, shipping in for Jerry Hollendorfer for, with, with Flavian Pratt up. Uh, he beat all of these horses on the square. Now, if you want to, uh, and I use you in the, in the collective sense, if you want to make excuses for all of these horses in the derby, oh, it was too wet, oh, the pace was too fast, oh, it was this, it was that, uh, you know, have at it. But 
uh, give me a horse at a longer price who's done better in the one head-to-head meeting against these. And, uh, you know, the only horse he didn't beat in, in the Derby who's in against him here is Timeline, who is obviously very good. He's undefeated, but he's also facing better than he's faced before. Um, I, I, you know, for me, as a, as a gambling proposition, it's about Battle of Midway. And if he doesn't win, uh, you know, I frankly don't know who's better among the, the Irish war cries and the practical jokes and the, the, the Gervins. Uh, you, you can have those guys. Um, I'll, I'll take a shot with Battle of Midway. And a lot of the horses that I have mentioned that came back uh, did not do it against the most quality of competition. And I don't mean that to knock anybody uh, who was in the field, but most of them were, were, were grade three efforts. Uh, I guess uh, the only one that, uh, you know, came out of the Derby that came back against a grade one was, uh, you know, Irish War Cry, who again finished, uh, you know, a, a solid second in the Derby, held turning for home. I thought he was the winner until Tapper collared him. Oh, in the Belmont, yes, yes. I'm sorry, yeah, in the Belmont. Yeah, and, and you know, Irish War Cry, I suppose, will be something of a sentimental favorite on track in that he's a New Jersey bred. He, I, I just found him a hard horse to trust this whole year. You remember after the Holy Bull, he was considered one of the top three prospects, and he just ran an absolute stinker in the Fountain of Youth. Then he came back on a funky track in the wood, and people were saying, oh, that Fountain of Youth was an aberration. Well, guess what? He ran another stinker in the Kentucky Derby. And, and now because he ran, you know, he, he made the lead in a pretty paceless Belmont and hung on for second when nobody really did any running besides Taprit, people seem willing to forgive the Kentucky Derby flop. So I think people have been in general, and maybe it's because Graham Motion is such a nice guy, but people have been a little too quick to forgive Irish war cries bad races, and, uh, you know, given that, given the fact he'll probably get be a, a point or two too low in, in the odds being there in New Jersey, I, I don't see him as a square gamble. All right, well, listen, uh, w- when I went and printed out the Jim Dandy, I thought my printer was broken, uh, because <laughs> when... It- it, it, it only printed one page, and I started looking, going, hey, oh, man, I'm pulling stuff. I'm hoping paper didn't get jammed. But uh, I cannot believe that in a race with this much prestige, a mile and an eighth, a great prep for the Travers, that we only came up with uh, you know, five horses. Uh, I, I was just shocked. I mean, do, do you think that always dreaming and cloud computing uh, scared everybody out of there? No, I, I mean, I think you have to look at it in, in, in two in two parts or in two halves. And part of why I think the Haskell came up weak is because um, there just wasn't a lot of horses to go around this year, at least, between the Haskell and the Jim Dandy, which are on the same day. And you've got, for that matter, you've got a couple of others who you might otherwise have said would have fit in these races running in the, uh, in the West Virginia Derby next week and looking at Lee and... Um, uh, patch. So, you, you know, you got two big money races. You got a trainer like Chad Brown with three horses that he split across the two races. It's it's just been, you know, a, a three-year-old crop that hasn't translated well to the second season, so to speak. Having said that, um, what would normally be kind of a disappointing five-horse affair is at least 
livened up by the fact that you do have the Derby and Preakness winner uh, in there. So while it may not be a great betting race, it, at least it's something of a showcase um, and, and should serve as a nice appetizer uh, for the Travers four weeks hence. Absolutely, and and well put, uh, Eric Wang. Uh, you know, if nothing else, that they're going to be able to say, hey, you know, I got to see a classic winter run uh, in the Jim Dandy. But it will be uh, interesting, of course. Always dreaming leaves us with question marks. Uh, you know, the way that uh, he faded in the Preakness, uh, cloud computing, just given a rest after an impressive Preakness stakes, which also leaves you with a question, uh, you know, how well does he have him going? But, you know, as as amazing as, uh, you know, Chad Brown's going, uh, you know, cloud computing's going to get action and always dreaming, of course, coming out of the Pletcher barn and being a Kentucky Derby winner is going to get action too. Well, um, my producer's telling me it's about time to take a little bit of a break. So uh, we're talking with Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys. And when we come back, we're going to be looking at two of the best sprint races as you'll ever see on the same weekend in the Grade 1 Bing Crosby and Grade 1 Alfred G. Vanderbilt. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And also with Eric Wing. Uh, we just kind of wrapped up uh, the, uh, the, the the Jim Dandy, which is uh, a prelude to the Midsummer Derby, uh, the Travers Stakes. Uh, I know it's only a five-horse field, but can, can I nail you down to one that I can key on here? Yes, sort of, John. You can. <laughs> yes, you sort can of. I love down. definitive answers. <laughs> you can key. I, I, I'd like to key on number three, Giuseppe the Great, to run third. I think the four and the five, Pavel and Good Samaritan, have no chance. And, and Pavel will be fancied because he, he comes off a one gaudy race with a 97 buyer figure, but he's being asked to stretch out for, from six and a half to a mile and an eighth against the Derby and Preakness winner. I want no part of that. 
So give me uh, a trifecta, one, two with one, two with three. I'll take Always Dreaming and Cloud Computing up top and Giuseppe the Great to kind of chug along for a third and Pavel and the turf-only Good Samaritan. Um, you know, I'd play them in the uh, quintifecta if there was five-horse wagering in the back two slots. <laughs> oh, thanks, Eric. All right, well, listen, well, as long as we're in Saratoga, let's stay there for a little bit. Talking about the hey. Alfred G. Vanderbilt, a six-furlong affair that, uh, as you said uh, at the head of the show, brought together a very talented group of speedsters. I mean, any one of these uh, horses, uh, you know, can come close to or go above a 100 buyer uh, in, in the start right here. I wouldn't have to want to have to make the morning line, but I, the three that come to the top uh, at 7-2, El Deal, uh, coming out of uh, the Decathlon, which I'm surprised a six furlong race is called the Decathlon <laughs> at Monmouth. Uh, then, of course, you've got uh, uh, AP Indy, who was just stellar last year, won six of seven, wasn't off the board, won over $1.1 million. And uh, Limousine Liberal, who uh, just uh, continues to churn them out at Churchill Downs, has been to Saratoga, but didn't fare well in the forego last year. That was a seven furlong affair. We're going six furlongs. I mean, I just happened to name the three horses that the guy had a hard time making a line on, and I don't blame him. There's a lot of talent in here. Yeah, and and it should be noted too, John. Uh, you know, AP Indy was the winner of this race last. AP Indian, I should say, winner of this race last year uh, went on to be uh, five to two second choice behind Masochistic in the uh, Breeders' Cup Sprint. This is his first, uh, well, he, he's run twice in, uh, in 2017 thus far. Obviously, he likes the track he, in the distance. He won this race last year. I don't know, John, his, his two races this year have just been a step or two below last year as far as I'm concerned. I don't want him at, at a real short price against these. I'm also willing to, to let El Deal beat me, even though this horse is a bullet out of the gate. He's just got speed on top of speed. But trainer Jorge Navarro, you know why he's really good in Jersey and Florida, but his act hasn't been nearly as successful during forays to New York. Uh, why that is uh, takes smarter minds than mine to, to, to be able to explain, but... <laughs> I don't want Navarro in New York at seven to two or thereabouts in in any race. Let's just leave it at that. Um, that leaves some others, and uh, the horse that Green Grotto, by the way, worth mentioning. Another one I have more of a knock against than anything to say positive. Good horse, really likes Aqueduct though. He's more of an Aqueduct horse. Limousine Liberal. Two wins last two times out, but he didn't break any stopwatches winning those two. I'm going to take a shot in here, more because I'm not crazy about anybody, but I've always followed Ready for Rye. This horse, as far as I'm concerned, he's, you know, he's 12 to 1 on the morning line, so the, the price will be more than square. He's in form. He's coming off a win at Belmont. He's getting weight off, which... In a sprint, may not be super important, but I, it's something I always look to. And he's got faster races back in his PPs to run back to. To me, this horse has always had 
big-time talent and is, for one reason or another, underachieved. And I think the stars may be aligned for ready for Rye on Saturday to, to, uh, to run a, a, a race much better than the public will anticipate. All right, Eric Wing gave us some nice prices the last time he was on the show. Again, the uh, communications director for horsetourneys.com. Well, my producer, Matt Widener, is telling me we got four minutes, which gives you a real challenge because you want to talk about a group of talent-laden sprinters. We're going to see them in the grade one Bing Crosby. Yeah, for my money, John, this is the best race of the weekend, and it's, it's as good a sprint at this time of year, as, as you can hope to see, it's, it's, it's almost like a poor man's Breeders' Cup. Um, but you have a nice <laughs> big field. you got 11 horses. And, and you know, the out, the, the, I think what speaks to this field is, like, the outsiders are horses that are really intriguing, even in their own right. Horses like Big Mocker and um, Kobe's Back, who, you know, are just, you know, year after year, hard-knocking, top-notch sprinters. But the horse that a lot of people are going to be focused on is number two, Dree Fong, who was the Breeders' Cup Sprint winner last year. Um, he's making his, his uh, yearly debut, uh, 2017 debut. He kind of capitalized on the situation last year, but there are others in here who I think are as good or better um, as Dree Fong's best races. The two from Peter Miller, I think, are very formidable. Um, number three, St. Joe Bay, and number eight, Roy H. Roy H. comes off a race in New York, as a matter of fact, um, when he won uh, the True North on um, Belmont Stakes Eve. And to me, Roy H. is just faster than these. Uh, he's the now horse, and he's going to be my pick in the race. I also like the other Peter Miller, St. Joe Bay. Um, Drifong obviously is talented. I'm going to pass on him in his uh, 2017 debut, the long shot I'll throw out there in case you want to, you know, try to blow up tries and exactas and supers is uh, number 11 on the outside, Mo Candy for John Sadler, who I, I think won't be as fancied because, uh, by the public because he doesn't have a triple-digit buyer showing, but he is much better at six furlongs than he is at longer distances and Saturday's race is at six, and I think he can turn the tables on horses like Ransom the Moon and maybe even St. Joe Bay at this shorter distance. But I'm going to go with Roy H. on top and try to get clever underneath with uh, St. Joe Bay and Mo Candy. All right. Well, listen, before you go, Eric, I know I'm running out of time, but uh, again, what's happening with uh, uh, horsetourneys.com this weekend? Uh, we had a giant weekend. We got 20 featured tourneys between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, including a $50 BCBC qualifier tomorrow, Friday. Um, and we got a Sunday uh, BCBC tournament that's going to start with the Haskell. Plus, we got a Saratoga blowout, a last chance contest for the win, um, a free NHC contest at Horse Players on Sunday, and. Uh, some great cash and qualifying action Saturday as well. Um, we'd have to go to 9.30 if I listed them all individually, <laughs> but um, a lot of great action and opportunities for not a lot of money. Eric Wing, thanks so much for joining us again. I love talking to you anytime, and I will be in touch, my friend. All right. Always my pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. 
All right. I also want to uh, thank uh, Harlan Malter. Again, if you want to maybe check out uh, what's going on to get in the horse business, info at ihhorseracing.com. Or, heck, you can call them, 646-789-5162. Or go to the website, ihracing.com. All right. Well, I want to thank my producer, Matt Widener, of course, uh, Harlan and Eric. And I want you to pull down those easy win forms. As you just heard, there's going to be a lot of good racing on the weekend and you want to be part of it. Go to winningponies.com, pull down your easy win forms. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.